We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oregon football's move to the Big Ten is already paying off on the recruiting trail. But what else can we expect from a recruiting standpoint now that the Ducks are Big Ten bound? We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast, your premier podcast for all things Oregon recruiting and Oregon football. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the pod. Happy to have you guys along today. Um, we are coming to you on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Torres, as well as your podcasting platform of choice. So wherever you're tuning in to today's episode, do me a favor, hit the like button, subscribe, and share the show with your friends, family, and other Duck fans. You guys all know I like to talk about recruiting and you know a lot of big developments on that front lately. You know Dakota Fields hopping into the fold for Oregon in the 2024 recruiting class, and now that the Ducks are kind of heading into the start of the season, the high school season starts this week out here in Southern California. A lot of big time targets are kind of coming into focus. They're working on making their way towards their decisions, and I'm loving where this Oregon class is right now in the 2024 cycle. 22 verbal commitments ranks number 12 nationally and number one in the Pac-12, according to 247 Sports. So that's kind of the baseline of, of where we're at for a recruiting standpoint when we're looking at Dan Lanning's 2024 haul. It is Tuesday, August 15th, as you listen and watch this. So just to kind of give you guys a feel of what's going on in the recruiting world, with Oregon moving to the Big Ten this is a massive move, not only for the on-field product, but of course, on the recruiting trail. In case you haven't already, go ahead and check out my most recent episode with Spencer McLaughlin of Locked On Ducks. We had a whole episode, spent a whole 30 minutes talking about how Oregon stacks up in the Big Ten with the likes of Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, teams like that, schools like that. So that's the on-field product and kind of the team that Dan Lanning's building. But a huge part of that is recruiting. So now we're going to take a look at kind of Oregon's recruiting potential in the Big Ten. What can we expect on the recruiting trail moving forward for Oregon now that the Ducks are Big Ten bound? So 
Um, just an update on kind of where things are at. I'm going to be heading to Corona, California this Friday for modern day versus Corona Centennial and one of the biggest games in the country and certainly one of the biggest games out here in Southern California. And the Southern California area is a talent hotbed and one that the ducks have really tapped into of late. Going to start off today's episode talking about the newest commitment in Oregon's 2024 class, and that is Gardena, California, Sarah defensive back, cornerback, Dakota Fields. Dakota Fields just recently flipped his commitment from the USC Trojans to the Oregon Ducks in what has been a crazy recruitment back and forth along the way from USC to Oregon. Um, we saw Roderick Pleasant from Gardena, Sarah, commit to Oregon over UC USC excuse me, in the 2023 recruiting class, one of the fastest players in the country. He's now in Eugene as a duck going through fall camp. I got to see Dakota last week in their scrimmage, Sarah's scrimmage against Los Alamitos, which also features 2024 Oregon linebacker commit, Kamar Matuti. Um, so there's been a lot, uh, a lot to talk about in this past week or so. But what was interesting with Dakota's commitment, I got to talk to him on Friday and it was a really short interview, only about three and a half minutes. But what really made this one interesting was I was talking to Dakota, kind of picking his brain about the move and, and what went into his decision, why he likes Oregon. But I talked to him about why now? Why was now? You're heading to your senior year. Uh, I'd just been committed to USC for a little over a month. Why was now? the right time to flip to Oregon, to commit to Oregon. And, and here's what he said, quote, a big role was actually the Big Ten. I was waiting on that for a long time. I didn't want them to stay in the Pac-12 because I wanted to play against the best competition. Once they moved to the Big Ten, that was the green light for me. You can find the full write-up, my full story on Dakota Fields and Oregon's move to the Big Ten being the green light over on DucksDigest.com. So if you haven't already, go ahead and read that one. But this was interesting because USC, the team that he was committed to, was already going to the Big Ten. Now Oregon announces their move to the Big Ten, and we have our first 2024 commitment in Dakota Fields. And we can kind of break this down into a couple of different subsections, talking about just how much this move to the Big Ten is going to benefit Oregon. I've talked about it a little bit from a recruiting standpoint, I mean, uh, on recent shows, but I wanted to just dedicate a whole show into talking about this. But I thought it was interesting that Fields talked about playing the best competition because the Pac-12 has some good players. There's no doubt about it. But if you're just looking at a conference from top to bottom and where you're going to find the top competition, we can all agree that the SEC is certainly – the best competition in college football, but the Big Ten is not too far off uh, as you're in schools like Ohio State and Michigan uh, going to the playoff. Michigan State went to the playoff one year as well. So when you're looking at just the competition level, the Big Ten absolutely checks off that box. You're going to be going against some of the best wide receivers in the country, obviously at Ohio State, some of the premier offenses as well. And for Dakota Fields, being a defensive back, that's definitely has to be something that that kind of gets you excited, makes you want to hit the field, makes you see some of the, some of the potential that Oregon has for you to, to be a premier defensive back player under, under Demetrius Martin, who's a Southern California native, 
um, and is one of the best developers of the position. And going to the Big Ten is going to help Dakota Fields play against that top competition. Um, and it's interesting to hear recruits now talk about, I mean, I'm, I'm inferring a little bit, but it seemed like that was part of what kind of was holding Oregon back in this recruitment. And this is a recruitment that I have covered for a long time, even back to when Roger Pleasant was at Sarah. I was, I remember trying to get interviews with those guys. And I was like, I'm, I was thinking I'm interviewing Rod. I might as well interview Dakota as well, because he was the next up at Sarah and six foot, 290 pounds. And the guy is super smooth and can run. Uh, and it's physical. You, It's not too hard to see after you turn on the tape why Dakota Fields is kind of being billed as the next guy to come out of Sarah. So let's see what else I have here. Yeah, I was talking about covering this recruitment for a long time. He committed USC, and I was a little bit surprised, but I knew that this was going to be an Oregon-USC battle. And he talked about how after he committed to USC, the Ducks weren't going to let up in that recruitment, and they didn't stop recruiting him. Uh, they made it very obvious and very clear that they were going to keep coming after him. And all those relationships really helped pay off here in the long run with Dan Lanning, with Tosh Lapoy, with Demetrius Martin, with Rashad Wadud, with Roderick Pleasant. Just the, the list goes on. But that top competition factor in the Big Ten is certainly something that I think is going to help Oregon, obviously with this fields recruitment, but also with guys coming down the line. Um, because that's just one of the many benefits that come with going to the big 10 and one of the things that i'm going to look at here as far as just the big picture and what oregon's recruiting potential is in the big 10 i want to start on that top five let's focus on the number five top five recruiting class why are we focusing on that we're focusing on the top five recruiting class because that is hollowed ground uh, for a number of reasons it's hollowed ground because oregon has never done that they've never signed a top five class <laughs> I think their top class is either number six or number seven in the 2021 class. And most of that group isn't even at Oregon anymore, seeing that a lot of those guys didn't pan out or they en entered the transfer portal following Dan Lanning's hire um, or more specifically following the end of the 2022 season. So the top five is where you want to be going if you're Dan Lanning and this Oregon football program, because all of those schools that are traditionally every year, in the playoff, winning conference championships, taking home national championships, there's one very common denominator almost all the time, and it's that those guys recruit in the top five, and it's a given. It's not like it's up in the air. It's up for debate. Where are these guys going to finish? Are they going to fall off this year? No, there's no debate. Schools like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, they are all routinely in the top five year after year after year. And what does that do for you as a coach? It ensures that you are essentially picking from the most talented players in the country every year. You're not reloading. Sorry, you're not rebuilding. Rather, you are reloading with the best of the best. And that is what Oregon has been trying to do, routinely signing the top class in the Pac-12. But there's always been this pretty big gap, up in, especially up until Lincoln Riley arrived at USC, it's really been Oregon and then a huge drop off and then USC, Washington, UCLA, they're starting to kind of get their act together on the recruiting trail. But you get my point. It's really been Oregon and USC that have been at the top of that list when it comes to recruiting powers in the Pac-12 on the West Coast. 
And I think that Washington is kind of entering that conversation as well, but they're not in the same ground, the same tier uh, as, as Oregon and USC are when it comes to recruiting. So if you're able to routinely get into that top five category, that top five area, I think you are drastically improving your chances of going back to the playoff. And even though now the playoff is expanding, I think your chances, if you're Oregon, they're, they're looking higher just by a default. But then it becomes about winning a playoff game and then getting to the national championship and, and finishing the job. Um, I think that I've talked about how important this year is in 2023 for Oregon, seeing that this is the last year that they're going to have four teams. So time to, to really go out on a bang in that regard and uh, certainly leave your mark in the final season of Pac-12 play. So I wanted to talk about the top five and, and why I thought that was so important for Oregon because it's a mark that they haven't hit and it's kind of a almost a prerequisite if you want to if you want to win a national championship sure you have your your exceptions every now and then you have TCU who went to the national title game last year and then when they ran into Georgia they just got absolutely destroyed as did pretty much everybody that fell into Kirby Smart and company's path during the 2022 season will they three-peat I'm not too sure but it's going to be a fun season to watch uh, and I obviously want to be tuned in to what Oregon's doing when they open their season against Portland State. Let's talk about another another little aspect of Oregon's move to the Big Ten as far as recruiting. I've been following Oregon on the recruiting trail since 2018. Uh, that's, when, that's when I started covering it, so this is my fifth year covering it now, and you see these top recruits from across the country that Oregon has offered drop their their top lists, their their top fives, their top tens. You even see top 15s, and it's a little bit hard to put too much stock into that. I really start paying attention kind of when we get to 10 or maybe even lower than that. But the reason I mentioned that is because you would see all the elite programs, right? You'd see Alabama. You'd see Georgia. You'd see uh, the, the big-name schools too, Texas, Notre Dame, uh, Florida State, you know, whoever it is. You'd see all those schools and you think to yourself, wow, okay, those are story programs. Those are blue bloods. And then you'd see a little green O there in the corner somewhere and, and it would be Oregon. And it was always interesting to me, wow, Oregon is in that uh, in that conversation again. And more often than not, especially before Lincoln Riley got hired, it would just be Oregon as the lone West Coast representative in the pursuit of these top tier players. Keep in mind, a lot of the best players in the country come from Texas or the South, um, and, and that's typically an area that's harder to recruit just because there's so much competition. Um, you know, your chances aren't always the best. But what would happen? You would see these guys like Clockwork commit to Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, you know, schools like that. So now you kind of ask yourself, well, it's it's great if you're the fan, you're following recruiting, you know, you're reading my stuff, whatever it is. Maybe you're asking, Max, why are we missing out on these guys? We're, we're finalists or you know, we're in the tops. What's happening? What does Oregon need to do to win those battles? I think there's a couple of different ways you can kind of attack that question. I think that the first one is win. Winning is the absolute best recruiting tool. I will stand on that hill um, until the end of time. If you're winning, it makes your program easier to recruit to. There's no doubt about that. 
But I think there's another thing about winning. I've talked about it a little bit as far as the photo shoots and the hype around the program, the, the mood around a program. If you're able to have a recruit put on an Oregon uniform, have them in the HDC, have them in the boxing ring, in the barbershop, whatever it is, there's already so much flash around all these photo shoots at Oregon, which is great because it, it generates positive buzz, but it also creates expectation that, you know, you guys have heard it, Oregon fans. There's always some some hater on Twitter or, you know, your buddy who roots for a different school saying, oh, yeah, that's always that's great. Oregon has all the flash, all the uniforms, all the hype, but zero national championships. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. There is no program in college football that would benefit more from winning a national championship than Oregon because they've never done it before. And I think that those photo shoots become even more exciting. They send an even stronger message about where a program's headed. If you can send, a, I don't know, let's say, send, send Achilles Smith Jr., uh, Oregon's quarterback commit, into a photo shoot, and hand him a national championship trophy. Hey, hey, go take some pictures with that. You're the future of our program. Your dad committed to Oregon, played at Oregon, had a great career, high draft pick, you know, what, what all the accolades that come with that. You're the future of the program. And now you're able to say, hey, look, I'm I'm gonna go play for a national championship program. Granted, the difference between one national championship and churning them out like Georgia and Alabama is quite different. But if you're able to sell that national championship, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, I think that that is just something that would instantly resonate with recruits, with families, with coaches. There's, there's no drawbacks with that. If you can win a national championship, that would be absolutely huge. So that is kind of how you win some of these battles against Georgia and Alabama and everything. But that's not the reality right now. Oregon doesn't have a national championship that they can sell. So what's right below that, I think, in my mind, is development. If you can sell yourself as a coach, as someone who can identify, recruit, and develop, then that's like the next best pitch. If you're routinely sending guys to the NFL who are cashing massive checks, who are winning Super Bowls, winning Defensive Player of the Year, you know, whatever it is, I think that is something that you can definitely point to as a coach that can help you against some of these blue blood programs. Am I saying that's going to be the absolute difference, the end all be all? No, but that's definitely one of Oregon's best recruiting tools right now as it stands in 2023 as we look into the future of recruiting for the Ducks and Dan Lanning in the Big Ten Conference. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think another thing that Oregon has working to their advantage in a little bit of a unique way, a very unique way, I should say, is NIL when it comes to recruiting. And I want to be very clear. I'm not talking about throwing massive bags of cash at recruits. That's not what I'm talking about. I've talked to a lot of coaches around the high school scene here who have been able to go to Oregon and I'm not going to get into a bunch of crazy specifics, but I do have one example, but they, they, they've all told me Oregon's NIL is on a different level than a lot of these schools in college football. And a big part of that is the connection to Nike that, that there's no secret, you know, the, the, um, the division street collective, the ducks of a feather, um, you know, initiative for, for lack of a better word, that is paying dividends when it comes to recruiting, because I've had commits that are telling me you go to Oregon and the life after football aspect is, is, is taken care of. I remember I was talking to Kamar Matuti and he was talking about how the life after football played a huge role in his decision to commit to Oregon and try to step in line and be that next guy, that next linebacker, that next great linebacker to be developed by Dan Lanning. But they're able to sell to recruits. Hey, we know football is important. We know that's what you love and that's what we want to have you do and have you play at the highest level. But the game stops at some point. There's going to come a time when you have to put those cleats up for the last time, when you take your pads off for the last time. And if you come here, our network of alumni and our connection to Nike, that that is going to help you in the long run. Um, Whether it's designing shoes, designing apparel, whatever it is, that gives them an inside track into the sports merchandise or sports clothing, sports apparel world, which is massive, absolutely massive. Like there is no, there's no telling what kind of opportunities that could lead to people, lead people to. But more specifically, the example that I want to give with regard to NIL is, is some of the the player exclusive shoes that they've released um, kind of in conjunction or working with the football players. Um, And basically the, the way that that works is, Every pair sold, a portion of that uh, revenue, a portion of that profit goes to University of Oregon athletes. So if you're, you know, whoever, a walk-on at some position and and um, you, you're playing next to a five-star or whatever that Oregon signed, obviously there's differences in terms of, you know, the NIL potential of, of the guy next to you, but what I'm saying is that everybody gets a piece of the cake. It's not just massive amounts of money to star players and then no one else be- and then people below them on the totem pole or on the depth chart aren't getting anything. So I think the 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 collective approach that Oregon has taken to NIL and just leveraging the brand, leveraging the exposure that you get from playing at a school with as strong a ties to Nike as Oregon has that's resonating. I think we're already seeing that in Oregon continuing to be competitive 
from a national scene, from a national sense on the recruiting trail. Um, so I, I'm really interested to see how that continues to develop. I'm, I'm trying to ask more about that in my conversations, um, like with recruits or with parents uh, or with, with sources, whatever it might be. Um, but you can understand how some of those, some of those conversations can be a little sensitive. And then I don't want to get anybody in trouble by, by, you know, airing them out on, on my show or anything, but NIL is a box that Oregon is checking in a major, major way. And it's not throwing massive bags of cash at people. Um, it's a very unique and modern and creative way that I think is tied into their connection with Nike and how they're just setting the players up for success, uh, showing them how they can build a brand, um, showing them how they can just leverage and take full advantage of being a student athlete at the university of Oregon. And the, the last point I'm going to leave you guys with on that is that it's, it's just really comes back. I think to um, the people at the top, the minds that are trying to push this forward at Oregon and, and, and Oregon being Nike U. So we already talked about the top competition aspect of the Big Ten and how that's only going to help Oregon. There are good teams in the Pac-12, but the Big Ten is just a stronger conference top to bottom. And I think that you just have more games that more people want to watch because it's more entertaining. And that goes to another point of the exposure that Oregon is going to be able to pitch to recruits now that they're heading to the Big Ten. Oregon fans, how many times have you been excited to tune into a game on a Saturday? You you got your popcorn ready, you got your drinks ready, uh, you know the barbecue's going, whatever it is, and then someone asks, what, what, "What game are they on? Or what channel is the game on?" They'll say Pac-12 Network or some kind of channel that is hard to find. So you have to try to stream it on some website, or you have to try to sign up for a free trial, or or some uh, package add-on for TV. The point that I'm making is this. It has been hard to watch this team, not just in the Oregon State game. It has been literally hard to watch this team because they just you, it's hard to get access to them at some points. And it shouldn't be hard if you're traveling or if you're located in any corner of the country to watch this team. And with this move to the Big Ten, you have a partnership with Fox, uh, with that conference, which is one of the largest uh, TV networks, especially from a sports perspective uh, in the country. So it's going to be easier to watch games. And I think that not only is that better for parents who want to watch their kids who, and who maybe can't come to games, but it's it's better for for athletes that just want to have that attention and have all eyes on them to, to be at the forefront of the college football scene moving forward. Staying in the Pac-12 would have all but guaranteed that Oregon would have had a harder time being at the forefront of that discussion. They were going to have to worry about what George Klyovkov and the rest of the Pac-12 administration was going to do to make sure that they got in front of all those eyeballs. They were going to have to worry about some idiotic Apple TV deal that paled in comparison to some of these other some of these other deals, you know, ESPN and the SEC network, you know, what, whatever it is there, I still can't wrap my head around how they had so much time, so much time to generate a, a, a 
a workable media deal and Apple TV was the best that they could do. Once I saw that, I, I knew the writing was on the wall and it was there. There, there was no way there, there. There was just no way. Um, so or, Oregon's move to the Big Ten just puts them with the big boys and the best players in the country want to play with the best players in the country. The, the competition is huge. Good players want to play with good players because they know that it's going to drive them forward and make them the best competitor, make them the best athlete, make them the best friend, student, husband, father, whatever it is. It's going to make them the best version of them that they can be. And I really don't think there are that many, if any, negative drawbacks with this move to the Big Ten from a recruiting standpoint. I think that it's also going to help Oregon maybe even expand their recruiting reach. Um, I've talked about it a bunch of times. I know Oregon wants to get back into the state of Florida and, and set up a pipeline there. Typically, the way it works, the farther east you go, the harder it gets to win those recruiting battles. Now, when Dan Lane's talking about selling some kid in Missouri, for example, or somebody in the Midwest, to come play for Oregon, it's not going to be, oh, you're going to have to worry about flying out every weekend to the West Coast to see your son play. It's going to be, oh, hey, no, we're uh, we're in Columbus that weekend, or we're at, we're at Penn State that weekend, or we're at Michigan or Michigan State, um, or maybe we're out in Maryland for a game. Oregon's really, really prioritizing the Maryland area, Baltimore, Maryland, uh, with Michael Van Buren and Ify Obadegwu, excuse me, Got my, got my tongue twisted there, the DMV area. Um, and now you're going to be able to say, hey, no, we're going to be in town when when you're playing, when we're playing Maryland or whatever the team is. So I feel like in kind of a pretty obvious way maybe, or maybe people weren't thinking about it, this only expands Oregon's recruiting reach because we know that distance is a factor in, in some of these recruitments when it comes down to the final hour the 11th hour and you're trying to make that tough decision on where you want to play your college ball, you have to fully wrap your head around leaving your family and playing in a lot of these cases all the way across the country in a, a small, small town, small city in Western Oregon in Eugene. And as, as great as Eugene is, I love Eugene. I miss it every day. It's not easy to get to. So I don't want to make too much out of that, but the biggest point I'm making here is that I think it's only going to help Oregon from a recruiting standpoint. Um, it's only going to help them get back, get to the top five when it comes to recruiting rankings on a year in year out basis. It's only going to help them sell that this is big boy football. We're playing the best teams in the country every weekend or every season at the very least. I'm very interested to see what happens uh, with, with bowl games, seeing that, Teams are getting jumbled all over the place. Um, I did have one last point that came to mind with exposure, and I think this is a big part of, of what the Big Ten was trying to do with expanding, with adding Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA, covering all those time zones. I think that's just going to make the Big Ten's product that much more impressive, and um, and Oregon's going to be able to, to probably continue playing in Washington. That, that rivalry, of course, is super important. Continue playing USC UCLA. Um, so I think that that's just another benefit that comes with this move to the Big Ten. So Oregon recruiting is only going to continue to improve with the move to the Big Ten. Dan Lanning has solidified himself as one of 
I think one of the better head coach recruiters in the country certainly has the blueprint, took it from Georgia, took it from Alabama and decided to fly West with it to Eugene and set up shop with the ducks. So I fully expect that Oregon recruiting is going to be in a phenomenal shape. Now that the ducks are heading to the big 10, they can sell that vision to 2024 recruits. And then now, like I said, they're already getting relatively full in the 2024 recruiting class. So you're going to be able to, to sell the big 10 move to maybe try to close the deal, seal the deal, close the gap with some of these top, top tier guys like your Aiden Breelands and your Brandon Bakers uh, out of modern day in Southern California. And I think that might even, who knows, maybe that'll help them get back into the race and back into the mix with some of these guys that they are recruiting that are already committed to other schools, but all remains to be seen. We will have to see, but that's all I had for you guys on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. couple of favors to ask before you head out of here. Make sure you lock in with me on all the social media platforms. I am at Sports on Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel at Oregon Football Max Taurus. And you can, of course, find my videos and my podcast over on um, YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus. And you can find my written work over on ducksdigest.com where I write all my stuff covering Oregon football and Oregon football recruiting. But until next time, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.